Hey there, listeners. This is Sue O'Lear, co-host of the Strongly Worded Podcast. I just wanted to let you know before you start this episode, we had some sound issues. The quality is not what it usually is, but I think we decided to go ahead and publish it, drop this episode for you to enjoy because we really did have some great conversation. So please just bear with us. Um, We will be back to our, our normal sound quality when we record next I hope you managed to enjoy this episode anyway, and thank you for listening. Good this year. I, I think I think the boys are gonna surprise people. I think this I like I like I like the coach. I'm super glad to hear that because I I pulled out the utmost positivity leading up to his arrival, if you recall. Yeah, my I optimism. Mean, my yeah, optimism. I just didn't know like uh, maybe they told him to stay away till he got cleared and stuff. But I'm I'm so like seeing him today and seeing how like he's a Super positive dude too. Like he um, like he don't yell at you. Like he'll take you to the side. He'll stop. He'll mm-hmm. talk to just you. Mm-hmm. He did that. He did that with my son today. He did that with a couple other people. I saw Coach Brown do that on Saturday. Yes. Yeah. He's just like, and he's talking to you, and then letting you know what you should be doing. And, you know, in a good way. I like it. Yeah, I'm looking like forward it. to it. I'm looking forward to learning some stuff. I'm looking forward to learning some stuff, too. I mean, it was fun to learn from Coach Williams through you. <laughs> Take some of these uh, see Sutton out of bounds. <laughs> Coach Williams' first name is Derek. Yeah. He's in our group chat. What group chat? One of our girls' group chats. Why would he be in there? I don't know, unless there's more than one. I mean, I... I was about to say something stupid. I know there's more than one Derek Williams in the world. Yeah, maybe maybe it's... No, is it an Alabama number? The 205 number? I can't see it. It's in our app. Nah, it's not him. It can't be him, right? No, it's not him. He's getting ready, man. He had, the middle, he had the middle school in the weight room. See, Derek Williams. Yeah. There's got to be somebody yeah. else that claims... Coach Williams had the middle schoolers in the weight room in Alabama. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it is a Monday night. Yes. Monday evening here in the dining room studio. I'm Sue O'Leary. And I am Johnny Hampton. And we welcome you to this edition of the Strongly Worded Podcast. Woohoo! We made it. We made it. We are still working on getting our schedule together. I, I changed our Sunday recording schedule, which we did really well for a long time. Yes, we did. But I have to work some, I had to work some Sundays. I got one more left. And then I'm done with that nonsense. <laughs> it's hilarious being there on a day, though, when people don't expect to see the general manager. Oh, I bet. 
Yeah. And they're like, they probably think it's going to be a chill day. And, you know, like, they, you know, <laughs> not a chill day. And but, it's still a chill day. But, like, you even know. my boss, right? Like, my boss is super cool, right? Yeah. Like, but when she's not there, I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> I think that uh, both employees and residents are not used to having management there on a Sunday. Because I've seen some things this month that I've had to mm-hmm. correct. These are not the, we don't do this. Right. <laughs> I know. I actually spent a couple hours actually on the pool deck with the lifeguards because um, there was a birthday party on the pool deck, too. So there was kind of an influx of not only people, but people, non-residents, right? They mm-hmm. wear a wristband when they come in for a party. And I tell you who I'm not going to argue with about about a policy where I work. Right. A non-resident. Yeah, you don't know anything. You don't live here. Like, you don't get to push back. Yeah. <laughs> About our pool policy, right? I, I mean, I actually said that at one point. I said, you know, I, I appreciate your input, but really, it's (laughs) the folks who, who live here, whose input I take to the board. I mean, come on now, silliness. I uh, also, it's where it's budget building season for my company. Yeah, I'll head into that in the next couple months too. Man, and what I was working on today, my new boss had said when he was setting me up for it, you know, this is best done at home in the quiet with a glass of wine. <laughs> and I got into it today and I was like, oh, I can see why it's. I got to do like I do the, the payroll budget template. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I was projecting lifeguard hours today all day is what I was. Awesome. I'm working on for next year. Super fun. Super fun. But whatever. You know, it is what it is. Uh, so um, a couple local things to talk about since we were last together. Oh, the, yeah. the boys basketball coach has arrived. Yes. And I can finally. Well, we can't. I don't. We can't. He hasn't announced. We, we can't say his name on it. Oh, crap. He hasn't. He has, I don't think he's even announced it to the parents yet because he's waiting for him to get cleared, which is going to happen. Right. right? Like, so All right. there's well, a there's, teacher shortage. There is a fact about him that is really exciting <laughs> to me. And when I get the go ahead, yeah. I would like to be able to say it. Cause yeah, like he, uh, the AD has not announced him to the parents yet because he's not cleared. So, um, our, we have a new, it, like so much is new mm-hmm. where, where we are involved with, youth sports and the ad is one of them and i came in one day last week with cupcakes i told you this already for my yeah. daughter on her birthday and the old ad is there pulling garbages and tidying up the gym for the volleyball game that was about to take place now he gets to work yeah he does um, he a, sure does he's involved in a lot of stuff and he's super forward thinking and i think he's going to be great for the school not for years to come because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. he's young right mm-hmm. like he has a chance to be there 20 years and, yep. and modernize stuff. And we already, really weren't sure for a minute there. Yeah. But he's already done a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, the new boys coach is in town and he's running practices. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. You know. And we got to see the girls play uh, said, a yeah. fall ball game. Mm-hmm, and they were good. Excellent. They look good. Yeah. A lot of, lot of potential. A lot, a lot of promise. Of depth. They have, they have a lot of potential, man. Like they have the makings of uh, district winning, 
regional championship team as soon as they could do it this year if they got all together, but a year in the system with the same coaches and everybody returning next year is really going to be good. Yeah. Like, as a coach, that's what I always look at. Like, I don't really think of what's in front of me, mm -hmm. um, depending on the team you have, right? Like, both the boys and girls are young. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I always project out. And I think, oh, yeah, this, this year could be a great year, but the next year. Right. Exactly. Like, it's not a flash in the pan kind of thing. It's no. a, like, you can see this happening for a few, you know, several years in a row. And if our, the, with, in terms of the girls, the, the girls that the coaches are saying are running the team right now are sophomores. sophomores are right? Sophomores. Like, so that's what gives you so much hope yep. and enthusiasm. And, yeah, I, when I see them, I, like, even some of the girls their attitudes have even changed with me. Mm -hmm. Every time they, like, there's some that, 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 you know, they maybe didn't know me or because of this or that, didn't even talk to me that much. And now every time they see me, they see yep. myself. I got one that's talked to me a few times now. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> pointing with me. <laughs> right. I just think they just, they're ready. We got a girl, one of the new girls to the program. That day I came in for Carolyn's birthday. Oh, you're good. I'm so glad to finally meet you. I've heard just such good things about you. Like, uh, <laughs> you talk really? To, you talk to the right people? <laughs> I know. I'm glad you talked to the right ones and not the wrong ones that say I'm one disgruntled parent. Um, but it's fun. The energy is super fun. And uh, the accountability already shows. And, you know, so they're, the girl's new head coach is a pastor. And I've been going to church on Sundays. I've been listening been to it. Something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this past, and I, I send my little offering on Cash App because I'm. Did you? Yeah, because I'm watching. And the, the sermon uh, this past Sunday it made me think of it has. Well, first off, can I say what I emailed you? Is, or is that offensive? What? Well, like with most, if this is offensive, tell me and I'll take it out. Black yeah. church is way better than white church. I mean, listen. Come on. Like with most things, <laughs> black I... stuff is way better than white stuff. <laughs> I don't think it's offensive. I don't know. <laughs> the so... music. Oh, my God. The emotion. The, uh, I mean, I, I just have really, and it just, I, I mean, I love the music. And, yeah. you know, the it... message this week was about hope. It, all, said, oh. it always depends, though, right? Like, so I don't know what denomination the coach is. Yeah, I don't either. Right? So if it's Baptist or even Pentecostal, but I've been to a black Catholic church. It is the same as a Catholic <laughs> church, right? Like, it's forever wow. and ever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, well, yeah, it depends. But, yeah. You know, the church we belong to in Flint uh, at the time had a pretty progressive minister for a Presbyterian church. And uh, that's kind of how we got hooked. Right. And we got sort of swooped in because it definitely aligned with, we didn't, we didn't feel like we had to come home and reprogram anything or restate any messages or anything like yeah. that. Um, very different in North Carolina. It was the first place that I ever sat first off in a church with the TV screens like, mm. you know, so big that it was, Oh yeah, we. Mm -hmm. and it was the first time I'd ever wore jean, worn jeans to church. That's like, mm -hmm. yep. And it was, um, the first time that, uh, I had ever listened to a pastor talk about politics. Like there were, uh, there was a lot of, I mean, I lived in North Carolina during the bathroom bill 
mm. uh, situation during uh, marriage equality mm-hmm. uh, being voted on. So I, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't stay. We, we didn't keep attending church there. We eventually, toward the end of our years there, found one, but never really at the same kind of way we did when Joe and I were deacons and he was picking up the shut-ins to come to church on Sundays That's and right. all that kind of stuff. And we were serving breakfast to the to the homeless every Sunday and whatever. And we never... We but, had a good church in New York. We went to the Christian Cultural Center, Pastor A.R. Bernard, and it was the same deal. Big screens. Yeah. Um, you could wear jeans. Chuck Schumer came by once. What? Yeah, they did a documentary on Emmett Till and Chuck Schumer presented. All right. Like, yeah, I mean, it's hard to find good churches. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. churches who actually uh, practice what they preach, Mm -hmm. (laughs) for lack of a better Well, I don't know. I don't know Pastor Butts very well, but he seems very loving and genuine. He lives it. And and he lives it. And um and I have just enjoyed now three sermons. And sermons that are half in song are pretty cool to me. He yeah. sings so much. He sings like he is so moved when he is preaching. Mm-hmm. And you know, it comes in and out of song that I just I'm hooked. So Yeah, he, he said to me, he was like, I had a calling to come back. I think it's part of my my mission. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, thank goodness we needed you. Yep, we sure did. Thankful for him all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Um, also, you know, the last time we recorded, we talked a little bit about uh, Benell Elementary School. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I, I gave it. I, you know, I I gave. I think we gave a pretty good explanation in our last episode. If you guys haven't listened to that one, go back. I can put a timestamp in the show notes even, but there was a situation at Benell Elementary School um, where black children were called down for an assembly. Only black children were called down for an assembly, um, you know, basically talking about test scores, low test scores, underperformance on standardized tests. Whether these kids actually really underperformed or not, black kids were taken out of class and scared straight, right? <laughs> <laughs> And initially, the principal, the new, young, white principal, mm-hmm. um, seemed apologetic for a minute. Like, it was one of those, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about apologies right throughout this episode. Um, there's a difference between I'm sorry and I'm sorry if. If I offended you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as time has gone on, I feel like somebody's gotten a hold of her. Um she resigned and she's basically stating that she resigned under duress. Um, it feels like somebody got a hold of her to start complaining about her victimization through all of this. So my only thing, like, do I think that she should not be a teacher anymore? I think people can make mistakes, but if you are in charge, if the buck doesn't stop there, where does, where it, does stop? it stop? Man, where does like, it stop? Like you're the like I understand like there's teachers who did the thing and they were there and you weren't there and what's on the slide, not necessarily what they said. I get all that. You are the boss. Mm-hmm. That assembly in general should not be happening. Right. Not when I, I don't even think if you look at the demographics of Benel Elementary that most of the kids in that school are black. Right. 
<laughs> that's that's the truth. I think right. that was a stat we read in one of the articles. Like that, that. So there are also people who are not black that are filling those tests too. Like w- there's so many things wrong with the assembly, and that should have been caught by a better leader. Now, if I you, want, oh, go ahead. like if she think like, and I. I feel for you. You work your whole career to get to a point and one mistake kills you. I get it. At the very least, you should be bumped back down to an assistant because you clearly need You're not ready. Right. You're not ready. I don't, I'm not sure she should be just fired. I don't, I'm, you know, like I say, you know, when a police officer makes a mistake, sometimes people get killed. That doesn't mean they should get fired. Right. You got a you got a high level job. I'm an accountant. I make a mistake. I just make a reverse journal entry. Mm-hmm. I'm not traumatizing kids. Mm-hmm. You got to pay for those mistakes. Right. Um, so I didn't like the second thing where she's basically like passing the book. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, she started really kind of laying into the fact that the teachers who did the led the assembly were black. Like, it, like, like that. I don't. I don't think that means what she thinks it means, no, <laughs> or what she wants it to mean. Like, oh, say, you're black. I figured it was okay. <laughs> like, or I'm waiting for her to say I was intimidated to stop it, or something like that. You know what I mean? Here's the thing, man. Black people can stereotype other black people as well, just like any other ethnicity can stereotype people of their own, like. Mm-hmm. Maybe some white people who live in a city don't like people who live in trailers. That's the same thing. Like, the guy being black doesn't mean anything. Right. It still shouldn't happen. It's wrong. Right. Right? It's wrong even if you, it was a white guy and it was all white students. It's, all of it is wrong. Mm-hmm. That should never happen. You should never single out kids and tell them that they're going to go to jail if they don't pass a standardized reading test. We had, when my son was in elementary school... We had a um, an assistant principal, um, and in this school, the assistant principal was kind of the one that handled a lot of the discipline and stuff like that. And somehow that year, uh, his fourth grade year, my shy little kid who barely spoke to adults until about then got this teacher who really helped pull him out of his shell. But in pulling him out of his shell, um, he did get into trouble a couple times, mm-hmm. and you know we had to. Uh, we had to rein it in a little, you know, like we had to teach him how to use those powers for good. But this assistant principal did something very similar to him. Basically he comes home crying one day because this principal assistant principal told him he was going to end up in juvie. Like first off, he was afraid to speak to grownups <laughs> for the first eight years of his life. He was so anxious and shy. You know, and so, so he gets a teacher who, who makes him feel so comfortable. The test anxiety melts away. The, uh, you know, ability to say more than yes, ma'am or no, ma'am to grownups melts away. Those are good things. Right. Those are good things. And she's just scaring him right back into, into the shell again. That's the power that teachers have. I don't know if they realize the power that they still have. Right. Like kids trust their teachers. Yeah. And now there's. A whole school, a, a segment of that population at that school that no longer trust their teachers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's that's the problem. So, yeah, she quit before the investigation was done. And 
she basically said, she basically shirked responsibility. She did. She tried to pass the buck. Her dad created a GoFundMe for her lost wages. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. It's interesting. I'm sure that thing's bubbling right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I, you know, I hope I hope in the end that she gets another job, learns from this experience. Based on the editorial, I'm not sure. Like, her editorial, mm-hmm. I'm not too sure. Right. But I don't know. Maybe that's for legal reasons. I don't know. Well... I, we haven't seen the end of it. No. I mean, national news. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy to me when people from all over are, isn't this where you live? <laughs> yep. One of the many crazy-ass things that happens in Flagler County. Thank you very much. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe. That's yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, apologies. Think about apologies. And the, I'm sorry if, yeah. or I'm sorry but. Right. Danny Masterson. Oh, uh, man. Was was sentenced 30 years to life uh, for the sexual assault of two women. Um, you know, and some of, some of the, some of this struck a chord with me um, because my brother went to prison and my dad tasked me with trying to convince people to write reference, character references to the judge. And that is a, <laughs> I don't know why me, right? <laughs> because, you know, I, I did a lot of things uh, to for my parents during that period of time because I'm a good daughter, not because I'm a good sister. Mm. I, I, my, my brother is guilty and he's guilty of a lot more than what he actually got put away for. But I'm a good daughter and, um, you know, my dad was nearing the end of his life and needed me to do what he couldn't do himself anymore. And I did, and I'm, I don't regret it, but I did, you know, I did try to convince people to put uh, the crime aside and write about what they knew about my brother. Now, the problem is there weren't that many people that knew him at all. Uh, There were, it was easy to get people to write about him that knew him 30 years ago. Um, But I couldn't, it was very difficult to get people to write about him who knew him in his present life. And I think that's indicative of a few things. Right. <laughs> Probably not great character is one of them. But Danny Masterson managed to get 50 letters of support. So, I don't understand how you write letters in support of a rapist. Okay, now... That's it. We have nothing else we need to say. Uh, so, here's the deal. I mean, I can even, I can understand your father or your mother, maybe even sister and brother. Hey, man. I have said over and over again, everybody gets somebody in their corner. Right. Right. I, everybody gets to have somebody in their corner. No matter My what son I do. messes up. Right. You're going to love gonna him. I'm going to love him. I get that. I totally, totally get that. And even in the case of your brother, he didn't rape. He didn't rape multiple women, mm-hmm. right? So, when you go out on the limb after someone's been convicted of rape and write letters about how great a person is, it's going to make you look bad. And, and it sure does. I was, as soon as I saw that uh, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis wrote some letters, I knew they were going. 
I posted before the apology. I'm like, these guys are cooked. Mm -hmm. Because you, you, if you write letters in support of a rapist, can you ever really speak to teens about consent and all that stuff again? Your credibility is shot. Right. He had to resign from a board. Mm-hmm. Like he was on some board or right. something like that, yeah. that that helped people and consent. And he had to resign. Mm-hmm. And then they come up with that stupid video. Like, come on, your publicist wrote this stuff for you. And yeah, we've all wait. If that's the case, you won't write these letters. You would you would write a letter to Mr. Masterson and say, Hey man, I'm sorry. You got 30 years, but, you know, I'll be there for you. But what you do is wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, I, I, first off, I, they certainly wrote these letters. It seemed like um, feeling like nobody was ever going to see them except for the judge. <laughs> well, you know, in the case of my brother, s- certain letters were sealed. The, the letters that his wife and children wrote were sealed. I only read them because uh, my niece sent them to us afterward. Um, but you know, I, I've, I've watched some analysis that basically, you know, like you said, there are certain crimes where you can't really extrapolate the crime from the person you knew. Like you can say, you know, that about my brother, you know, that's, that's not the person I knew. It was a nonviolent crime. He went away Mm -hmm. for, um, I think it would have been possible had he had friends that they could have said, you know, like, that's not what the part of him that I experienced. It's not the part of him that I saw. Um, you know, it, and, and the letters aren't going to, they're never going to reverse the decision, obviously. No. Um, you know, it's possible that they could shorten a sentence or something like that. Um, but I, I've, going through that exercise myself, I really feel like overall it's, it's kind of pointless. What, what are they really going to do? You know what I mean? They're, what are they really going to do? Maybe it just makes people feel like they could do something or you have something on the record that states that you had someone in your corner, but how much, how much influence do what does a letter like that really have? Uh, I think it can in certain cases, but how, like you're Ashton Kutcher and this guy's Danny Masterson. These are not small stars. There's of course that thing was going to leak. Mm-hmm. You gotta be smarter than that, man. Makes me wonder what kind of a role Scientology really does play in some of the lives of the people that wrote letters. Because, you know, Masterson was very heavily backed. His his defense was funded by the Church of Scientology. Mm-hmm. Um, witnesses and victims were um, uh, harassed by the Church of Scientology. Um, makes me think of the people that it maybe happened to who never came forward or who right. were intimidated into staying quiet. Because I don't think these things happen in a vacuum. Nope. Um, but yeah, so the there are two other names that are listed. Um, the parents in that 70s show. I know. And I can't, I, I, I didn't really spend a, a whole lot of time, but I, you know, they, they focused on um, him at work. How he was uh, really... Um, I don't know if they used the word responsible. That's my word. Responsible mm. for um, a drug-free set. Like with the subject matter of that 70s show and how young everybody was, 
he kind of laid down the law from the get-go that they really shouldn't be out doing certain things. Those things are a facade. That's what I mean, allows you to rape. Right. I, like, <laughs> maybe, maybe the reason why they're not getting raped the way Ashton and Mila are, maybe that was how they ended the letter. I don't know. Maybe they said, you know, but as it turns out, you weren't exactly who we thought you were or whatever. Right. But, but where's the outrage about about Kitty and Red? Because they're, they're older, probably. You know, I, I have a friend who is friends. What's her name? I can't think of Kitty's real life name. Oh, Deborah, Deborah Jo Rupp. Um, I have an, a friend of mine from my acting days who has worked with her on some projects and they're mm-hmm. friends. And, you know, I kind of kept waiting to see if something was going to be said or I don't know if I'd get some glimpse of how people in Deborah Jo Rupp's life, her friends felt about that, but I haven't seen anything. You know, I read some articles that uh, Topher Grace never hung out with them. That's, I, I have a meme ready for when we post this article yeah, like, about him. That, like I was reading some stuff where like they used to say he was standoffish mm-hmm. and this and that and the other. And now it's like, well, maybe this is why. Yeah. Maybe he recognized your personalities were not the greatest. And he was like, I'm not going to get caught up in none of this garbage. Well, there's a whole uh, environment that is being exposed of that show of, you know, Mila being 14 and some of the, some of the things that Danny and Ashton joked about her and her first kiss was her first kiss with mm. Ash, you know, w- was the kiss that her character had and, and, you know, some things that were probably pretty inappropriate. And, and it's, you know, like Topher is like, pro- you know, could have recognized that for what it was then. Like, I think it did. I mean, I not think hanging that, out with that. Yeah. I think and that's when, fine. <laughs> and when, when you're the person who is like towing the line, is like, you know, got your head screwed on straight and is trying to stay focused and do what you're going to do when you're not, fucking around with people who are fucking around then you're the one being talked about and not that, the guy with the bad behavior and now it's unswitched yep. I was like oh I, yeah, I didn't know any of that mm-hmm. I didn't know any of that I was reading those articles I was like hmm I remember seeing a little bit about that back in time see we loved that the seven, that 70s show I didn't watch a lot of it yeah it was part of a lineup that Joe and I watched when we were dating and I want to say it was Sunday evening so we'd sit and watch them together before he'd leave to go back to school or whatever <laughs> like it was just <laughs> yeah, so I think it was Sunday nights when uh, Fox was still running um, that show with Mulder and Scully, X Files, oh. X Files, Simpsons, that '70s show, maybe something like that. Maybe it it was the been. lineup. Whatever night it was, I think yeah. that. Was. Danny Masterson, you know, man, broke my heart, man, because I used to watch a show on Netflix called Ranch. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, we loved the ranch. Remember, ranch is a great show, man. I, I and even, he was so good in it. I, yep, I even told I even told Dave, my, uh, my, one of my best friends down here, Dave, because he's conservative. Told me you're gonna love the father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was a great show, and then when he got caught up in that stuff, they wrote him out. And they didn't. They they wrote him out for good. Yeah, like there was no no daylight. You know, like he he could not. I'm. That's he, what I'm saying. You would think return. after that. After, like, how do you still write the letter? I know, but he wasn't he wasn't in support of that decision. At the time, he he oh he said God. he was like I you know he basically was like you know aren't we innocent until proven guilty kind of a thing. I agree with that. I do agree with that. Like I he was concerned that it was part of that wave of Me Too that was happening that he was getting Me Tooed and maybe perhaps you know Danny was being falsely accused. Like listen, we were having a conversation off mic about something different. Mm-hmm. 
99.9% of the time, when a woman says he's been sexually assaulted, it's mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Because I, I always go back to this. Like, I, I talk about with my wife all the time. We watch these things. I'm like, I've never been in a situation where a woman could say that about me. Mm-hmm. Ever. I've coached girls basketball. No one could ever say that. Right. If you've put yourself in a position for that to be said about, you've probably done something. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it just is, man. Like, you know, I, I I tend to believe, and I used to get in trouble because, like, when Bill Cosby, like, if one woman maybe could lie. But not 20. 22 women or Like, this dude, like, he, he's had multiple women come forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were three that were part of the this case. But, yeah. Three but, women ain't wrong. Yeah. Sorry. And not that probably times. means there's more. Right. That Scientology got to. Right. For every, for every one that says... For, especially for someone like him, mm-hmm. there's probably three or four more that didn't say anything. And he's got this wife stood behind him, stood by him the whole time. It's hard, man. That's tough. That's tough, man. Like, yeah. That's tough. I mean, I get it. That ain't the person you knew, but that, there's a reason for that. Right. Listen, <laughs> he can't show My brother you. is not the person we thought we knew either, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you look at things in hindsight with Twenty twenty vision and you start to see things for what they were at the mm-hmm. time and that maybe never would have occurred to you when you were in it, right? But yeah, like I didn't write a letter for my brother. Did you did you see the Danny Masters and Corn O'Brien joint? Mm-hmm. Like these yeah. these are There was just a lot of those types of jokes and comments that were very commonplace and you turn around and look at them in hindsight. And you're like, Oh, well, there you go. They, they were signed. Well, Wilmer Valderrama. Oh. He's another one. Like he was dating he, underage girls. He was a st- like, like I never could understand at the time he was dating who the Mandy Moore. He dated Mandy Moore, Demi Lovato. Like, dude, you're twenty. What? Yeah. And you're like, well, like, what? What is happening? So, I'm probably getting the numbers and ages wrong, but Demi Lovato was seventeen and he was twenty-seven. Yeah, that's crazy. And she wrote a song called 27. That's insane. That called it out. Oh, that's crazy to me. Now, because she was 27 and she was looking back at that age difference at her age or whatever and was like, man, I was fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I was fucked up. Yeah. You know, and so, and so, you know, I, I, with their apology, with Ashton and Mila's apology, I've seen some, some people who have said they should have just owned it. They should have just owned their support for him. Rather than try to be like, I'm sorry if we hurt you. We Not support because, victims. They should have just said, look, this guy's been my friend for 30 years. I don't know why you can't do that. Right? Like, hey, I've known this guy 30 years. He's I'm, never raped me. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, oh, that's terrible. I should probably edit that out. <laughs> like, I don't know why you just can't be like, listen, we love this guy. And we know he did something wrong. Because they don't want to do that. Right. That's the... That, because to own it, you have to then admit that he's guilty. Right. Like I remember when my cousin went away. We had we talked. I never said he was innocent. Mm-hmm. I just said he's not the hardened criminal you might think he is. Yeah. So please don't send him to some maximum security place. Mm-hmm. What he did is what he did. We own that, but I still love him. I don't want him to be at some place that's dangerous. Yeah. Right. You could easily say that. Yep. Right. You could say, but you gotta admit he did it. Right, because 
he did it. <laughs> like he's guilty. He's guilty. We know he's guilty. We do support victims. However, this is our friend. Like, now, you know, my cousin didn't rape anybody, though. <laughs> I just got to tell you that. So I don't know how I would be if, like, that is, to me, it's it's one of the ultimate no-no. Right. To, when you take, like, it's, stealing in general to me is the most disrespectful thing. To rob someone, to take their heart on money, to take someone's. To forge a signature and drain their right. Th- those kinds of those kinds of things are bad to me, mm-hmm. right? So like, you don't understand the trauma women have in general, anyway, right? Like, um, sometimes they, they don't want to go to the bathroom by themselves. They, they, they all day they get catcalled when they're young. I mean, from the time there were barely double digits. Yeah, like I remember one time me and Carolyn was somewhere, and mm-hmm. she went to the bathroom. I saw people calling, "Hey, man." Mm-hmm. Don't do that shit. Yep. She's with me. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it. Right. Period. Don't do it to anybody. <laughs> like, don't, doesn't matter. Who, like, like, seriously, have some, show some respect. Right. So rape to me is one of those crimes. You got you to gotta stay away from that, man. Well, it's, it's one of those things to me, talking about teaching consent, talking about consent with our boys is something that I think people think is common sense. And while it should be. It's not. It's not. Mm-mm. So growing up in my house, we did not discuss money. I was never taught how to balance a checkbook. Mm. I was not taught about credit. I was not. Um, it, it was just assumed I should know certain things, right? That I had to go out and learn the hard way when I got dropped off at college in Chicago and went through the Diag and stopped at all four tables to sign up for Visa cards. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, they, yes. you know, they're predatory, right? I had all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I feel that consent is the same way. Like, we talk to our daughters about protecting yourself, but we, we think, oh, our son could never be that. And I do believe most of our sons could never be that. But consent can also be smaller things, can be pressure, can be pouting, can be right. all different kinds of things. Yeah, because, like, me, like me and my dad never talked about it, mm-hmm. right? But I have talked about it with my son. Like you gotta go at the pace that mm-hmm. your female companion wants to go at. Right. And if, it, if and get, her mind could change. Right. And if you get any indication that she doesn't want to do it, then you stop. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's, a, there's another day. Yep. Where she might feel more comfortable. And you stopping and respecting that boundary will make her trust you down the line. Right. Like, and you don't say, "Oh, come on." No, that's mm-hmm. that's 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 not what you do. Right. Right, like so, I've had those conversations with yep. him, but that's because now you know we have to. We're in a new, we're in a new age where those discussions are out in the open. Yep. But I never had a discussion like it. My pop, my dad probably just thought my son ain't raping nobody. Right, right. You know what I'm right. saying? Like I didn't do it. Why should he? Right. right? He knows better. Right. But right. they don't know better. Yeah. Right. Like you don't. Right. And you get peer pressure from your friends to want to do stuff. Next thing you know, you, you know you're forcing this girl, and you like, well, what am I? What did I do wrong? Eh, well, did a lot wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another apology in the news this week was Drew Barrymore's. So the SAG after strike, um, she was going to bring her show back, and that's some pretty scabby behavior, right? She found some kind of justification she thought around it because of, um, you know, her staff employing her staff or this or that or. Uh, 
you know, basically it was, she was going to be a scab. I don't understand these people. Like there are productions that are allowed to go on. I think some of them have met the initial demands and they're allowed to tape. She won't want them. She wasn't one of them. And some of them are allowed to tape because they were actually contracted uh, through news departments, like The View. Mm. Barbara Walters set that up as a a news contract, which I guess allows them to continue. Like, the thing is, like, what did... I often wonder, what did you think the reaction was going to be? Because you're Drew Barrymore and everyone loves you, that they were just going to let you slide? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not going to happen. And... I don't think people even understand the strike, first of all, first and foremost, mm-hmm. right? Like, I watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. And so I've been reading about it because I'm like, damn, man, my, my, my content's going to be gone. Yep. And Denzel Washington is not striking for more money. He's striking for the key grip who does a Netflix show that right. runs for 20 years, and he doesn't get a penny from it, but the one time he does the key grip. Right. That's it. Or the actor who's playing the, the dude in the, in the, in the shop who's eating a sandwich, he's in the background, he gets paid $100, mm-hmm. they show it 40 more times, he right. gets the same $100. Right. Should that be fair? No. Mm-hmm. You should get, like, but there's even big stars from big, like the dude from Breaking Bad, like, was Aaron Paul, mm-hmm. he was saying he got like eight cents. Right. <laughs> right. One of the biggest shows in TV history. Right. <laughs> They're playing it everywhere. He got a check for eight cents. Well, you the know, check as, is worth more than the, the paper. <laughs> Come on, man. As the, as the business model changes, so so does compensation. Right? right. Got to. Right? Yeah. So now, if you, like, there's a show I watch called Top Boy on Netflix. Okay? It's over now. I just told my wife to watch it. I told people in the bar shop to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, these guys should only get paid once. Right. And you're watching it over and over and over and over and over again. Streaming has changed the game. Yep. Right, like even to the point where, like back in the day, you bought a VHS tape, it's probably easier to account for. But now they're streaming. Like I literally watched The Godfather last week on Paramount Plus for about the millionth time. I, it, nothing else to do. It's my favorite movie of all time. Putting it on, they should get eight, my, Al Pacino should get eight cents for that. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, I don't know what Drew Barrymore thought she was doing. So the apologies ring hollow. To mm-hmm. me, yeah. in that instance, because you knew what you were doing. Yeah. You you thought. And her more... first apology was, "I'm sorry if I've upset you, but I'm doing it anyway." And then she finally, like, like, she finally decided. Like if people like you cross the picket line, the strike is dead. Yep. You're gonna make money. Right. Like Bill Mayer was on. Like, I'm gonna go without writers, and your show's gonna suck. Right. So when this happened before. Some of the night talk shows, nighttime talk show hosts did go back without writers to make the point. Like, I think Conan O'Brien, when he came back, took his wedding band off and spun it on his desk (laughs) (laughs) to make the point. Yeah. Right? That we can't have these shows without writers. And I think that was also the birth of reality television. Oh, yeah. Because they could get around it. You know, know, reality TV actors, reality TV stars are another group that is seeking to increase their reputation uh, because like these real housewives 
I mean, it's the first thing you see sometimes you turn on the Peacock Network. Right. <laughs> like, right. I turn on the Peacock app, and that's the first thing I see. Mm-hmm. So people watching mm-hmm. them things. All those uh, Survivor and that, you know, whatever, all of them. But, but the like, problem. The Real Housewives is a, you know, has been around for... Long time. What, 15 years now? Yeah. All kind of different cities. Yep. All those right. different types of shows like that. And the thing is, the problem with this country has always been and will always be, <laughs> we are too much about money. Mm-hmm. Like, Netflix, y'all making a boatload of money. Mm-hmm. Amazon Prime, boat, boatload of money. Mm-hmm. All these streaming services and movie studios making all this money. Instead of clearing 30 billion profits you can clear 20 billion and be good right well it's like who's that that congressman in california that i send you stuff what's her name katie what's her name what's her name oh oh i don't know what's her name but uh, see, i know the lady you're talking about she comes with the charts and stuff yeah she comes with the whiteboard yeah and so she's she walks the the banker who made two billion dollars right. you know in salary and bonuses or whatever last year Walks her, walks him through what one of his bank tellers earn, right. and how quickly they're in the negative, and he can't come up with the solution and for for what to do aside from maybe taking out a loan or uh, establishing a line of credit or something like that. And it couldn't be you could actually earn one billion instead of two, right? And pay your employees in the banks a livable wage. I don't. It's never that. It's never that. It's always telling the poor people not to stop for a coffee. It's never telling the rich people to pay the poor people. Like the Disney dude had the nerve to say something. I'm like, are you serious, guy? Like, you're the biggest dude on the block. Right. You should be saying nothing. Right. Like, you, you charge a billion dollars to get in a theme park. Right. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You're saying something? Like, of and, all and, people. And they're taking the benefit away from employees to have season passes. Like, shut your Like, mouth. are you fucking kidding me? Like, like. He got, I mean, come on, man. These these people who work there, slave away there. You can't be for a real. That's a phrase, but like, work there. Listen, they, 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 these people can't bring not, their kid. <laughs> you can't afford to. Can't afford it on goofy salary, right? <laughs> no way. Oh, man. Yeah, so Barrymore, yeah, she's another one. Sorry if I offended you. No. You didn't offend anyone. You just show people who you are. I'm sorry if it hurts you, but I'm doing it anyway. That is some white woman, rich white woman (laughs) bullshit. She reversed that quick. She got got out of Dodge, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, speaking of uh, white woman bullshit, (laughs) Lauren Boebert got kicked out of uh, uh, a performance of Beetlejuice for her behavior with her and her man. Mm. First of all, why are you going to see Beetlejuice? <laughs> well, there are just so many layers to this that kill me, right? Because it is it's marketed to young people. Yeah. Um, but whatever, you know, like I but her there's so many layers. The the fact that um her behavior with this man, basically giving him a handy and getting her bahoobays fondled. Vaping, but the first I want to just start with the sexual stuff, right? Yeah. In a in a theater where, where the there are, are children, where the kids are, not a drag queen in sight, <laughs> not a drag queen in Yo, sight. They're killing her too, man. Like, 
What's it? Ann Coulter called her a bimbo. <laughs> they are beyond people, man. <laughs> right? And and uh, she vaped. And there's and and then she said, I didn't vape. It you know, they use a fog machine. And I mean, 30 seconds later, that security footage was out I mean, there with her. <laughs> like on on her didn't wouldn't wouldn't shut up, wouldn't leave. Flash photography. If you've ever, if anybody's ever been to any community theater play down the road, the first thing they do is they come out and they say, no recording, no flash photography. Yep. And singing and being obnoxious. Didn't want to leave, of course. Don't you know who I am? Oh, of course. I'm going to call the mayor and all of, you know, the middle finger salute. But no, she was just overly animated. Let's she was just it. overly animated. She um, was just overly animated. That's what she said. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but I'm going through this divorce. And it's mm-hmm. causing me to behave in a way that is, uh, what did she say? That does not, uh, that is against my values. Like, uh, it was, that is not who I was. Her boyfriend, by the way, is a Democrat who owns a bar that I'm, has drag shows. Yep. Which is insane. Right? <laughs> like, I saw that, I'm like, I'm telling you, man, it's political theater. It is political theater. Right? Now, like these people, like, say what you will. I, I don't love career politicians. I don't. Mm-hmm. Right? But what happens when people like Boebert or Trump mm-hmm. throw their hats in the ring and get elected is they lack that piece of being a politician that is public service. You really, truly, at the heart of these matters, you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be a public servant. Right. And and so they run with this line that, you know, they're anti-establishment. They're, but you need some of that. You need to understand some of that establishment. You, you need to, the presidency used to be an office that could be respected no matter, no matter the party of the person sitting in it, just because they took the shit seriously. You could be anti-establishment and still have to call them. Thank you. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, this this thing where you say you're anti-establishment, so you just think you get to act like an ass. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I'm anti-establishment. I ain't running around, fuck you to everybody. Right. That ain't how I was taught. Right. right? There's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. Right? Sorry, Junkie. Right. <laughs> but, no, I mean, listen. For cats. Get skin <laughs> Like, they, they, they use anti-establishment so they can act with a lack of intelligence, mm-hmm. a lack of character, and a lack of decorum. Mm-hmm. And people fall for that. Right. And they think, oh, yeah, this guy, he's and an- if he can do it, I could do it. Yeah, right. Anybody could do it. That's the biggest problem I have with these people. Like, when they when they get in, they do this political theater, because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. They, I don't, they don't believe half the shit they say. Right, you just saying that because you want to get reelected and you like the money and you, and you like, like the perks. Right, you like the perks. Yeah, you do. You don't clearly. You don't believe after shit you say. Look who you're dating. Right, right. You you got caught. Yep. Yeah, Not doing, a drag so, queen. Right, so you're going to be, be found in that theater. Right. <laughs> you gonna go out here and vote against all this stuff with trans and drag people? Right. And but any this. child could have turned around and watched you getting to. You know, he's right. getting to, I don't know what what base it is. Right. I don't know that game, but should, they were should, playing baseball is all I'm saying. Should I have to explain to my five-year-old why what, what you're doing with this guy? Right. It's the same premise, right? 
They don't. They don't. That's the thing. It's, it's theater. She don't believe that shit she's saying. She's just overly animated. Overly I'm animated. sorry, but I'm overly just animated. Overly animated. That's what I should. That's what I should have said when that referee got on me. I was just overly animated. That's just overly animated. This turned into an episode about apologies. Yeah. Because we're you know we're an, almost an hour <laughs> in and we haven't haven't even begun to get to the, what I thought the subject was going to be, but it's good. Like it just it makes me crazy. It just yeah. I mean, I'm sorry about so. You know. I think a lot of times you, with apologies like that, also people, they just don't, they just don't want to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, you can unintentionally hurt people and have to apologize. Mm-hmm. Like all these things, you have to. People have a right to feel how they feel, and when you say "I'm sorry if I hurt you," it's kind of taking away their right to feel. Right. It's just that one word. Mm-hmm. How about "I'm sorry I hurt you"? That's it. That's it. I'm sorry I hurt you. I'm going to pause this for a second. Hey! Oh, uh, there we go. Hey guys, um, this is Carolyn. Um, 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 get up in there. Um, um, There's some in Portuguese. I'm fundraising. <laughs> I'm fundraising. Please don't get to my snap. <laughs> I, I got you this week. I got uh, you. I got you this week. We Please. got another $100 today yeah. from my friend Tracy. I got, Thank I got, you, Miss Tracy. I appreciate you. I got you this week. I, I had to wait till I get paid, man. Money was short. <laughs> I appreciate that. I got that. I got. I got to give you. I got to give you something for your birthday. Uh, your mom's birthday's coming. It's you know. I appreciate it, Uncle Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a fun little intermission. I told you you'd get to see the show when Carolyn comes in from practice, yeah. flops down on the floor, <laughs> and tells us all about it. And uh, yes, we're yeah. just like that. It went just like that. <laughs> So anyway, I was saying before she came in, like this episode didn't go exactly the way I scripted it, but you know, we yeah. don't have writers. <laughs> we don't have writers. And even if we did, they'd be on strike. That's right. If we did, we wouldn't be recording right now because um because we support the strike. Uh are Teamsters about to strike or striking now too? Oh no, United Auto Workers, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. I'll have to yeah. Look at that. I saw something flash across the screen. It didn't. It didn't sink in. So I'm going to save our topic because we're at an hour. Yeah. So I'm going to save our topic for the for the next episode. So Johnny, let's. When are we going to record next? Um. Do you want to try to do what? What are we going to try to do? Oh, I can't do anything this weekend. Because you won't be here Sunday. I won't be here Sunday. Do you still want to record on Wednesday at our normal time to get back on that schedule? So then we'll have two. Yeah, I, I probably can come over Wednesday. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen in Djibouti, you heard it here first. We're going to get back. It's a real place, Carolyn. It's a real place. Djibouti is a real place. I represented Djibouti in a <laughs> in high school. Hey, now. <laughs> it's a family show. Not a drag queen to be found in this house, but <laughs> she's laid out on the floor. Okay, the end of this episode is I'm losing control over it. Okay, so I'm going to drop this one on Wednesday. Okay. Right? Well, th- well, yeah, if you can. Wait, what's our schedule now? Golly, we really... We I, had changed I wish it. we had a manager. <laughs> we, had cha- we had changed And uh, We it. were dropping them on Mondays, right? Yeah. But the rest, I think it was like you said, with the rest of the podcast world? Yeah, with the rest of the podcast world. We could drop two Mondays. So, I, yeah, I mean, I could drop two Monday. If I can get this done, I'll still do this one on Wednesday. We'll record Wednesday for Monday. We'll okay. get back on our schedule. Cool. We're going to get back on our schedule, ladies and gentlemen. You That's just right. heard the machine work. 
Um, so come find us on our social media. We are uh, the Strongly Worded Pod on Instagram. I've got some good memes to promote this one. Yeah, we got to get back out there, man. We got to get. Our, we had a lot. We had we had we had pretty decent listeners for yeah. a small podcast. We but, have great listeners. We, we, you just yeah. have terrible leadership. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like our content's getting better. Cool. So we got to get back in that group. We gotta... like even Isaac asked me at the, at the yeah. Fog United thing. Yeah. He's like, you guys recording again? I haven't heard anything. I was like, oh my God. I know. We got it. We've got to get, we got to remain mm-hmm. consistent. We got to yeah. get back to our, I mean, I know our recording day will change once the seasons start, but we'll yeah. figure that out. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll be able to get We'll figure that out because it's all about consistency, right? So come find us on Instagram. Come find the Strongly Worded Pod group on Facebook. And don't, don't worry about the Twitter now. I, I mean, tweet. at first, yeah, we don't tweet. And I can't call it X. Do you still tweet now that it's X? I still tweet. I don't, yeah. I don't, I never call it X. No, it's stupid. We're going to have to talk about him, too. Elon. Good old Elon. Elon. We'll talk about Elon. So come find us there. Um, share your thoughts. Give us a five-star review. That would be awesome. Some yeah. comments and a five-star. If, if you hate us, though, just send us an email. Don't even listen to If you hate us, don't listen to the damn <laughs> Don't click. Don't, don't click one star. Don't click and don't hate. <laughs> I think you can review on Spotify now, too. Oh, yeah? So let's do that. Give us five-star reviews. Uh, make us feel good about what we're doing. Um, we've enjoyed recording this episode. Tonight, we are back on track for Wednesday. Okay. And uh, and I've already got a show mapped out for it because we couldn't get to it today. <laughs> yes. It's so much good stuff. Uh, when you apologize, just apologize. Don't say I'm sorry if and or but. Just say I'm sorry. Yep. All right. Until Wednesday. All right. Bye. This strongly worded podcast is written and produced by Johnny Hampton and Sue O'Lear. Music production and vocals by Marshall Max Lamont Hamilton and cover art by Samantha Shakes. <laughs>